This episode is brought to you by Subway. What's good, everybody? It's 99 Miles Per Hour Podcast with me, your host, Percy Garner. And uh, I'm excited about today's show. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, I do want to thank you all to... Uh, who purchased uh, uh, the limited merch on the on the website? Uh, if you're wondering what that is, that's store.percygarner.com. Uh, and I'm going to be doing some more limited time uh, merch uh, on the website, so you know, continue to check it out and don't forget about that. Big time, we need you to subscribe and like. So liking is some is something you can do easy. Just hit the thumbs up, and that will help our videos appear in more in front of more people. And uh, also, we would love for you to subscribe. Uh, if you're liking the content that we're making here on the channel, because our goal is to get to a thousand subscribers. So thank you for tuning in. And uh, I guess one last thing, I, ha- I had a great experience um, uh, in Yorksville. I just went to Claymont and, and uh, you know, help with their baseball team a little bit, help them show them some drills that, you know, I did in, in Cleveland. And it was just a great, it was refreshing because the, the kids were very, very respectful and very just you know, they, they were soaking it all in and it, it felt good. And, uh, you know, a lot of the young kids, they get a bad rap, but I, I just thought it was a positive moment. So I wanted to share that with you guys, but, uh, I also, you know, got to pay the bills. So thank you to Subway and the Fitzgerald family for making this podcast possible. Uh, obviously I grew up on Subway, love the food, love the sandwiches, uh, but most important, the customer service. And, uh, he probably would doesn't want me to shout his name out, but John on Worcester and subway, man, I appreciate everything you do for me, man. You're the best. And even though you don't want to do a commercial with me, it's all good. We'll figure it out down the road. Uh, but yeah, thank you for subway for making this channel possible. Now our guest today is, uh, I guess a lot, you know, I was a math guy. Um, not saying our guest isn't good at math, but He's got some strong points that I do not. Uh, I'm not going to share my ACT score on the reading and writing part, <laughs> but let's just say it wasn't the strongest. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be learning a lot today. So hopefully you guys can get some out of uh, our guest and uh, information and his journey and a lot of information he's going to share about his life. Now, um, this person has, you know, ha- wore several hats in their in their life and uh, was manager or I want to make sure I do this right, but ran Dutch Valley Restaurant greatest food. Uh, you know, I love Amish food. So just, as <laughs> you know, say, it's, it's just a little selfish plug, but, uh, I like to go there and get their pies and, um, but ran Dutch Valley restaurant for, uh, around 20 years and, uh, then, you know, we'll get into it, but there was something happened in his life. And then, uh, he got, a uh, he went on a mission and, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but you know, we're going to hear from him. You know, I don't want to tell his life story. I'm going to let, I'm gonna let him do that. And, uh, today, thank you for being on the show. We have Paul Stutzman. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Percy. Good to be here. Yeah. I mean, that was, I just was like, ah, oh, I, I want to say so many things. We got all these books on the table and, and we'll get into them, but you know, I'm excited to have, you know, someone like you and, and who, you know, obviously did something that I want to do once in my life. I don't know if I'll ever do it, but, and that's, and that's biking, you know, across the country, which is crazy by the way. Uh, but we'll get into that, but I just want to, you know, you know, obviously talk about something that I kind of do that you do 
Um, and that's, you know, speaking uh, and doing different speaking engagements around, um, you know, I don't know how far you travel. I know you've done a, pod, a podcast uh, before, so this is your first rodeo. Um, but uh, just, you know, I guess a lot of times people don't like to talk about themselves, but just give us like a, a brief, you know, I tried to introduce you the best way I could. Give us a little brief history on on who you are and, and you know, where you're at in your journey right now. Well, I would say I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm spoken about in the Bible, and it says God uses the foolish to confound the wise. That's <laughs> that's me. <laughs> well, I beg to differ, but I like that. I like that. You you remind me of me. You know the yeah. you know we you know put ourselves down a little bit, but yeah. you know. well, you know what I like. Uh, I've gone through a lot, a lot of rough spots in life, and humor's gotten me through a lot of times. But uh, like you said, my name is Paul Stutzman. Uh, I was born Amish, okay. born in Amish community, and raised very strict conservative Mennonite. And then late in life, I went to a mainstream Mennonite church when I married my wife, Mary, and uh, who uh, she passed away from breast cancer when I was a manager at Dutch Valley Restaurant in Sugar okay. Creek. And uh, I was uh, 56 when she passed away. Stayed there another about a year and a half. And uh, the grieving journey is is brutal. For those of, uh, of my listeners or your listeners, I should say, who yeah. are going through loss, uh, could be death, divorce, whatever, uh, that journey of grief is hard. And so they tell you not to make a really radical decision right afterwards, <laughs> like getting married right away or yeah. quitting your job. So I, I kept my job. I had a great job, loved the people. Yeah. But uh, I reached a point where I thought, you know what? I, I'm able to do it. I'm out of debt. I love to hike. And I thought if I went out in the Appalachian Trail, and I'd done a lot of hikes in the Grand Canyon, but I'd never done a hike of five months. And I thought <laughs> if I went out there in the trail, that might be a way to find healing and peace. And that's why I made the decision to hike the Appalachian Trail as a search for healing from losing my wife. Awesome, man. I mean, I get mad at my wife when she wants to hike, but obviously hearing that perspective and, and, you know, obviously it's some, a decision you had to make and it takes, uh, you know, mental toughness to, <laughs> to hike. And it, it's not something I like, and but I admire those who do it. Uh, and it's it's very I, I love exercising and I love, you know, obviously getting out. You know, my wife's going to nod her head like, no, he doesn't like going outside. But I, I do enjoy it. I've never obviously taken these these long hikes for days. You know, I, I get tired after five minutes, but <laughs> um, I'm very, you know, interested to hear about that. And, you know, just obviously you've hiked around here. You know, the furthest I've hiked, I think, is out in Athens at um what's that place there there's old man's cave out in athens ohio and hawking the hills hawking hills, hills yeah. yes yeah it's a nice place yes area. love that right. place right. and that's about as further as yeah. i mean i went out to sedona and arizona oh, and stuff like that that place yeah. is amazing yeah. but <clears throat> for you like is there like something that you were just like you know what did you start like short hikes and then just like you know what my goals your goals just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger or did you just you just took a, a, de a dive off the, into I, the deep end. <laughs> I would, uh, at the restaurant, our busy season was October, and it was just tourists everywhere. And so I spent the month of October working because it was a big money month. And But then the first week of uh, November, I'd take off and I'd go to the Grand Canyon. Oh, okay. And I'd just hike and just kind of relax. And uh, about a month or so after my wife passed away, my best friend and cousin and I went to Zion Canyon in Utah and hiked. And I realized how peaceful it was out there and that's where i got the idea of uh, doing the entire appalachian trail 2200 miles through 14 states and as you were talking about nature nature is healing now i believe that god created nature for our enjoyment and when i'm out in nature i find that enjoyment i mean it's 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 the hike itself is brutal 
the hiking part is hard. But in my case, I, I find myself when I'm exercising, walking, the, 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 your heart's pounding, you're getting more blood to your brain, you can think more clearly. And as I'm hiking out there, especially on the Appalachian Trail, I would just marvel at the beautiful wildflowers and the trees and that beautiful view. And it was during that hike when God revealed to me that, hey, you're my son, and we are sons and daughters of God. Yep. It's biblical. Yeah. And so everything that God created, and actually the Bible says, we're not only heirs, we're joint heirs. So everything God gave Jesus is also ours. So as I'm walking through the woods, I'm just saying, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Yeah. And I'm just thanking God for, for the beauty of nature. And it was healing. And when I finished that hike on the Appalachian Trail, I realized how much healing I had found. And the book Hiking Through became so much more than just a hiking book. It became a book about healing, recovery, and about hope. And that's why it's sold as well as it has, because it's more than just an adventure book. It's a book yeah. about hope and healing. And uh, obviously we all need that. You know, a lot of people might, you know, try to avoid the healing process or they may just not know how to do that, but obviously you have found your way. And I think that's very important for people to find their different outlets to allow them to heal, especially with loss and, and all the examples of divorce and stuff that you talked about earlier. Now I, I lost both of my parents and, you know, I didn't really heal right away i thought I, you know i was tough i was you know you know how oh, yeah. they growing up oh, we're, we're men yeah we're men yeah. we don't do that and then it you know i would say about 20 years later it hit me and i was yeah. like wow I've, I've been holding on to this for a while yeah. and um but i think it's pretty remarkable that you know someone from this area um can just can just write all these books and 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 it be successful and it's you know because at first i i didn't know much about you know the books that you've written and I'm just like, Oh, you know, that's nice. And then I'm like, Oh no, these are like, these are doing well. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, obviously there's going to be certain, certain ones that I, you know, and I've, I think I told you about that. I've never uh, read a book, you know, uh, a fiction right. book. So, um, there's obviously I got to expand my horizons, but I'm very, and we talked about only reading electronically now, but I'm very excited to, to get into these books. Um, after I'm done with my Bible study, my wife, we just started this one year Bible thing. And I'm like, and then I'm also leading a Bible study on top of that. So I'm like, dang, babe, you don't got me. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But, um, but l let's just talk about the, the book that you're, um, in the process of, of writing right now, the devotional book. Okay. Uh, before I do that, there's a book, I wrote, uh, well, I've got a children's book that just came out. But before that, I wrote a book called The Miracle Journey. And it's about the journey of grief. Uh, and it's, it's, I liken it to the children of Israel leaving Egypt and going to Canaan through the wilderness and how grieving is a journey. And I invite people along and I write about that in that miracle journey. Mm. Uh, I also, I sometimes think I'm kind of like the, the Hollywood actor that doesn't like to be typecast. So I've got adventure books. I've got children's books. i got Amish fiction and uh, so uh but my mind is constantly coming up with ideas so currently uh you ask about what i'm writing right yeah. now i'm writing a book it's it started out as sort of a men's devotional but it's sort of changed a little bit uh to uh, the title of it's called on living and it's about life and when i was working at the restaurant i had a folder and i would put stories in there just stories about life and uh so often in life we are so busy and we're focused on goals and sometimes we miss the day-to-day -day journey. And that's where the joy of living is in the day-to-day. -day. And so this book that I'm writing on living is some of those stories, but not only is it just about living, it's also going to be have sections in there called like on, on worship and stories in there that I've written about uh, some Bible stories and some, some very spiritual stories. And then I've got different uh, 
obviously at the end it's going to be on on dying too which is reality yeah uh, and in there i get so many questions from people who want to write books and you had talked about this earlier mm-hmm. you'd like to write a book and people think how how do i write a book <laughs> and so i'm actually going to put a section in there called on writing okay where i'm actually going to give the the keys to the kingdom love it i'm going to tell people how to write a book All and right. it's not that hard really uh i did a program uh this uh fall when before the children's book came out i did a program to a group of kindergartners okay and after the the kindergarten i did i read the book to them and afterwards i asked her questions and a little girl raised her hand and she says how do you write a book and i said you know that's a great question <laughs> and and so I, I just gave an example of I've, I've got a second children's book in the making and I got a third book that I'm writing about cats. I, I house sat for a, a farm, a lady who had five cats in her house Whew. and I'm sitting there and the cats are running around and all of a sudden I realized they're telling me a story and I observed this story, but I only got part of the story. And so I told this little girl how a good way to start a, a book is first of all, you start with an idea. You got to have a thought. Yeah. And for instance, my Amish books that I wrote I knew how it ended. And so I just wrote up to the ending. But like on the children's book that I had, I had not realized where the story was going. So one day I went out hiking. And as I'm hiking, I'm thinking about these cats, these cats. And it's like, come on, cats, talk to me. What's the, what's the message? Because I like all my books, especially children's book, to have a message in them. Mm-hmm. And so the message came to me. But on a book, if once you know this secret, it's the same way as good movies are done and good books are written. In school, we, we were taught about it, an antagonist and a protagonist. You've mm-hmm. got to have that. You've yep. got to have that, that back and forth, and it's the good, it's the evil. And so, uh, and I learned this when I took, a, I took a screenwriting class because I did a, I wrote a screenplay for Hiking Through. It was actually optioned for a movie. It's, in the, really? it's sort of in the process. It's not even to the point where I want to talk about it yet. I just did. Yeah. <laughs> but... but so I went and cl- <laughs> took a class and read books on it. Yeah. And so you want to write a book, you get your thoughts, get your ideas, and then it's uh, story starts out. And you're going to have an, you're going to have an act one, possibly an act two, and then something happens that the story turns. It's called a turning point. Yeah. It, it, your life turns. In your case, it may have been when you got drafted. It may have been one of many things in your life. Yeah. It could have been marriage. It could have been a lot of things. It could have been the loss of your parents. True. It turns. Yeah. And then... The story has changed, and then all of a sudden something happens. All is lost. This is the Rocky when he's on his on the mat. Now I've never watched a Rocky movie because I think what? boxing boxing to me pummeling people in the head to the pass out it, it just doesn't appeal to me. So, so it just doesn't make any sense. Never so, heard it put that way, but yeah, yeah. no, but but I know but I know about it and I know the story. Yeah. And he's he's on the mat. He's out. All is lost. Well, and then it's resolution. And that's how my children's book is. These, this is the children's book's about little children that produce clouds. They go to town to get cotton candy and all kind of things to make clouds. Yeah. But one day they put licorice in it, and it's just the town's a mess. All is lost. Well, how do you resolve that? And so it's resolved. It's resolved by cooperation of little children. And so that's how good movies and good books are written. Right there is the secret. It's just uh, you, you've got the turning point where everything changes in your life, and then you, everything's lost. It looks like it's hopeless, and then it's resolution. And there's your book. So like, how do you remember this stuff when you're out there hiking, you're getting these, are you, you got your notepad out there and you're t- jotting down notes as you go? 
Or I used to be able to remember it, but anymore, I know I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what I do, and this is, I do this all the time. I, I, I did it Sunday morning at church. Okay. Uh, the preacher was preaching. I, I got this, I, and I get inspired in church, which I should. Yeah. And so I got uh, an inspiration about ideas. I brought my, fo- I just got my phone on a pocket, okay. hit the notes, and put it in there, and back in my pocket. And so any, anywhere, anymore with your phone, uh, if I'm walking, and I get an inspiration. I've I've got Boom. copious notes on my Just phone. Type it in because I will forget it. Yeah. You know what? I, at, sometimes at night or in the morning, I wake up and I got these ideas. I think that's a brilliant idea. Eh, sometimes it's not, but, <laughs> but, but I think you'll remember it. But as I grew older, uh, I do a lot of programs, a lot of talks. I'm doing one next week in Florida, and uh, I used to be able to talk. And as I'm talking, have a thought in my head, like a thought or two ahead. Yeah. And anymore, I don't. It's like I have the thought in mind. And if I try and go ahead, I kind of forget what I'm talking about. So I have to have notes. Uh, I got you. And I think that might be age-related. Uh, or maybe I've got way too many thoughts in my head because <laughs> of all these books. <laughs> all these books, just but, getting them out there. But no, but the thing is, you, you will have ideas. Write them down. And uh, I tell people, when God created us, we all have talents. Some have more yeah. than others, but we all have a talent that's kind of prominent. In my case, it happens to be writing. And uh, yours, is, yours is numerous. I mean, I, I literally, when I was a restaurant manager, I'd pull the Times reporter out when I still read it. <laughs> up before, and here's Percy Garner. He did this. He did that. He did this. He did that. He scored this many points. And I'm listening to the Indians one day, and you're pitching. Yeah. It's like, wow, this, I, I got to meet this guy someday. And here, here I'm meeting you. It's like, you're a hero. And so uh, it's... Uh, the, God gives us talents. Yeah. And I tell my grandchildren, I said, the talents that God gave you, you've got to use them. Use them. Don't waste them. Uh, and because it's uh, the, the world needs what we have to offer. And it's the same way with books. When I write, when I meet with people about writing books, I tell them, whatever you put in those books, put something in there that when that person closes the cover of that book, or in your case, the cover of the computer, because you're a Kindle, <laughs> that they'll say, you know what? I took something from that book that's going to help me in my life. And if you can do that in your writing, then then you've helped somebody. And that's really what, what writing our words is all about. Yeah. So my, one of my gifts is speaking, you know, writing isn't one of my prominent gifts, but speaking is. So I, I try to use this platform in that same manner and, you know, you know, that's, it's, I don't always uh, <laughs> say the words the way I want. Right. Uh, luckily I haven't, you know, I've been fortunate enough not to say the wrong thing yet. Um, <laughs> oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you do. Josh, fix it. No. <laughs> you learn. Yes. But um, that's just, it, obviously you've done, you've written a lot of books and, and some people might go, well, yeah, he's done all this. It's, he makes it sound so easy. I would encourage, you know, anyone listening, and if this is really something that you're, you know, aspiring to do, just start, you know, with this, with this YouTube channel and this, this podcast, I always wanted to make YouTube videos, always wanted to do something like this. And I just, you know, it took till I was what, 31 to do it because I just, I was afraid or I thought it would be too hard or too much work or whatever, too much, whatever. And, and then once I started doing it, you know, granted I have Josh, but right. once I started doing it, I'm like, oh, this isn't that bad. Like no. I should have been doing this like five years ago. Or <laughs> yeah. Fear stops us. Yeah. Fear just stops us in our tracks. And it takes courage. It really yeah. does. It takes courage, but uh, you need to do it. I mean, it's, people need to know what you know. They need to know what you, what you've, the words that you've got, the words that you're speaking are words that could be in a book. And it's, 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 it's vital. People need to hear truth. Yeah. 
I like that. People need to hear truth. It's it's hard to, to get that nowadays. It is actually. It is, yeah. it is. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad we touched on, you know, the, the writing process. And obviously, for those, you got to get the, the On Living book coming out soon. And, uh, you know, so what I like to do is I like to reference the books that I read. Right. So there's parts I'm like, ooh, like I have a new process. I used to highlight or I would just you know, write notes down of, of something from the book where I'm like, Ooh, I like that. And then I take it and then I, I, I might not read the book again, but I'm like, I know I took a note on this book, you know? And, uh, but now I do, you know, a lot of typing on the notes, but, um, there, I have a program that when I'm on Kindle, I can, you know, highlight or take notes and then I'll send it to, you know, my, one of my applications on here. So I'm yeah. a, I'm a nerd, about all this stuff, <laughs> but, um, it, it, it allows me to, you know, reference back like what you're talking about. So for me, books, and I know a lot of people just hand me books as gifts and, you know, I read them and I'm like, oh, how can, I don't want to give this away because I know I'm going to have to go right. back to this eventually. It's almost, it's like movies, you know, people rewatch movies, especially the ones they love. Um, but, you know, reading is, is something that I didn't really get into until after, well, after my first stint in college before I got drafted. I just actually, I, w- I wanted to state this. I just graduated uh, December 20th. So I'm done with school, hopefully forever. And um, it, it, it's weird. I compare myself from when I was 18 to 20 and I didn't read at all. And even in, in elementary school, in high school, you know, I, I use spark notes. Sorry, teachers. I use spark. <laughs> I didn't read the books. I just, you know, went online and, and kind of, I don't know, cheated if you, (laughs) if you, (laughs) if that's what you want to call it. But, you know, obviously I've grown and I've seen the value in in reading and, you know, I've, I've, the way I speak is even better now because of, of stuff I read. So it's, it's something, a skill that I think eventually, you know, I'm not saying it has to be your hobby where you're reading 300 page books every month, but you know, it's just something you got to dabble in. But, um, in my upbringing, I was raised, like I said, I was raised, I was born Amish, raised strict Mennonite where we did not have radio or TV. So books were everything to me. Uh, I mean, when I discovered the library in Millersburg, it was like, wow, this is Nirvana. <laughs> All of these books. And I read and I read and I read. And later in life, I read where typically most intelligent people read books. Or they read. Yeah. It doesn't have to be books. But uh, to me, uh, it, it opens your mind. And it just, it really, uh, reading is vital. And I think it's sort of uh, not taught as much probably as it should yeah. be because there's, there's so much to be gained. And although anymore with, with the internet and Google, you can learn anything you want to, if, True. if you want to learn. You True. Can, so. Yeah. We, we have incredible tools now that we do. Yeah. And I just, I just know I had always, you know, steered away from it, but early on it was the opposite. I, I, I was reading before I got to kindergarten because my grandmother, she was, she was on top of things. Um, but I just thought, you know, once I was getting, you know, English wasn't really my strong point. So I just kind of steered away from it. But, you know, it, it's something that it's, it doesn't have to be your hobby. It's just got to be something that you just do. Like, you know, there's a, and social media and on Twitter, I'm reading news. Uh, if someone gets traded or there's an article about an athlete or whatever's going on, I, that's, that's another form of reading. I do. It doesn't always have to be a novel or a story. Um, and I, I just think you can, you can get so much more information and, and, you know, I've never read, you know, like books, like the movies and, and TV series that I watch, I always wanted to say, okay, I want to read that book because I know there's way more detail, way more, you know, plot in the books than in the movies because it's just impossible. Right. You'd have to have a 
a 12 hour movie to, yeah. <laughs> to, to get everything yeah. accomplished. But, um, but no, I'm glad we touched on that. Yeah. And, you know, well, I'd yeah. like to make this one comment yet on, yeah, on, sure. cause I didn't, I didn't, you didn't think there's going to be a podcast on just on reading. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some, when I meet a person that wants to know how to write a book and, um, I tell them your book's already written and they'll look at me like, what do you mean it's already written? And I'll take the Webster dictionary and say, there it is. All the words are there. You just got to rearrange them. I said, <laughs> that's really what writing books is. We're re rearranging words. And uh, we met through Jim Gill, who uh, yeah. runs the library in Dover. I did a yes. program there uh, a couple months ago and I titled it the art of writing and I likened it to an artist that's painting it with paint. We paint with words and we put the words down on paper and it's like, it is like art. And it's, it's a, the talent is arranging those words so they're artistic, so that you paint a picture, so people can mm. actually see what you're explaining to them. And a lot, of, a lot of writers make the mistake of being way too wordy. They want to describe everything. <sighs> there is a lot of stories in the white spaces between words. Mm. It's sort of the unspoken. It's kind of alluded to it. And then you can use your mind, your imagination. What's he trying to tell us? You don't have to tell him everything. That the white spaces between words often tell a lot of stories. There are a lot of stories in my white spaces in my book. I like that. Okay. I was going to say, cause that, that would be me. You know, I'm wordy when I talk, so I'm pretty sure I'd be wordy when I write. <laughs> I will say I did when I was growing, when I grew up, I loved writing poems, you know, yeah. wrote them to all the girls I liked. And, uh, you know, especially my wife. Now I wrote her the most, I wrote you the most poems, babe. But, threw the others away, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but I always, I love doing that. And, you know, and, and there was a point in my life where I started to write a journal and I kind of like that because yeah. I can reflect. It was in baseball because, you know, the, the mental coach we had there, he was like, hey, I think when you're when you're doing something well, you know, most people just they don't celebrate it really. They're just like, well, I did it right. That's how it's supposed to happen. But then you, when you do something negative, you don't, you just kind of, you kind of sit there and, and just stay in that wrong and you kind of dwell on that. But I think it's when I, when something they told me to do when I was playing with the Phillies is, you know, write a journal. When you have a successful day, write what you've done that day and just repeat that. And I was like, huh. So it, that's, there's been different avenues that got me into writing and, and, you know, I, I, I love doing it just, you know, not reading as much, but I'm getting there. But, um, I want to get in to, you know, what inspire, like, I know you, we talked about the hiking and, and obviously the biking, which I, it, I bike every once in a while. And <laughs> I know how impressive that is. And, and I've seen a couple and I've read, I've watched videos on YouTube of people traveling across the country and, and, um, how I'm assuming you stopped. Obviously you didn't just <laughs> ride your bike nonstop for, I don't know, however long it took 72 hours or five days, six days, seven days, 12 days. I don't know how long it took, but <laughs> how, what was like the experience of, is it similar to hiking or was it like, you know, this is a different animal. You know, most people might think it's easier riding a bike than just walking with all the different uh, elevation changes, but you know, what was your, what's your take on hiking and, and biking? I found a bike right across America and I, I did a, a corner to corner, corner of Washington state to Key West, Florida, 5,000 miles. I told people it's downhill all the way, but <laughs> it, it, believe me, it's not, but, but it's, it was more lonely. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because on the Appalachian trail, I didn't meet that many people, but the people I met were, they're just had rich stories and uh, it was, Typically, 
if you're in my case, I met a number mid mid fifties who quit their jobs to be out there. So we're not quite normal. So it's like, <laughs> it, it's interesting to get their stories on the, on the bike ride. I'm doing 80, 90, hundred miles a day on the highway. Uh, and you know, you're, you're meeting, you're seeing thousands of people, but you're not talking to them. Yeah. And so it's kind of lonely. And now with everybody on cell phones, it's not even safe anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I wouldn't recommend it anymore. I mean, I, that live, is I, true. I live in Amish country in Berlin and I used to ride up there quite a bit on the roads and it really is not safe. And now with the e-bikes yet zipping around, yeah, uh, we have a nice rails to trails in Millersburg that I, but I prefer to walk. But uh, on the bike ride, I did meet some fascinating people. There's some stories in there that are just incredible of people I met, homeless people, people on, on ramps on the highway. Uh, I found a big chunk of money on the highway one day. And what happened with that money, it was over 700 bucks. What happened with that money became a story. And that That's story awesome. was put into the book uh, called Don't Wait Too Long. Uh, Don't Wait Too Long in Life to Do What You Want to Do, Should Do. Mm. And it just it's a story that shows how we meet people who God wants us to meet. And uh, the story about a young lady that I met when I went back on the Appalachian Trail and donated that money to somebody who really helped me on my hike. And so it, it's, it's incredible how something that happened on a bike ride in 2010, I had no idea at the point when it happened, when I met this person, this homeless guy, how the, the dominoes would fall till three or four years later where I met this young girl on, in, in Hiawassee, Georgia, who was just lost, really? lost spiritually and lost yeah. and, and how through the course of events, she became to, to know Jesus and all started by finding money on a highway. That's crazy. I and who, you, who just finds $700, <laughs> maybe seven quarters, but yeah. Not well, $700. Yeah. I had just given a homeless guy $20 like the night before on the highway. Oh, that wow. was totally, I mean, the guy was just, he was, his, he, his, he just got out of jail for selling drugs uh, he, was, he was in jail for that. And then while I was in jail, his wife left him. His son actually committed suicide. And oh, said, man. He said, I'm just a loser. And I was able to witness to him about the love of Jesus. Because he said, he made a statement. He said, how is it possible that you're out here in the middle of America on a bicycle by yourself, but you got this look of joy in your face? And I said, it's because i got a relationship with Jesus. I can be anywhere to have that. He said, I don't have that. But as we were partying, I gave him a $20 bill. And he's crying. He said, I didn't ask you for money. And I said, I know you didn't. It's, it's a free gift. You did nothing to earn it. And uh, then the next night, I find 700 bucks on the highway. It's more, more than 700, actually. And uh, that night, I'm in my motel room, and I realized I found that money. And uh, so I reached to my pocket and started counting all the 20s and the 100s and realized that, you know what? I had given a guy a $20 bill who couldn't repay me, but God could and repaid me like 38-fold. And since I think God has a sense of humor, I said I probably should have given that guy 40 bucks. <laughs> so... <laughs> But that's the money I took oh, down shoot. to, to a, a hostel that, that on my hike, they really were kind to me and where I met this girl. So that's there's, awesome. there are so many stories in front of you here. That's just incredible. And all these are available on, on uh, Kindle. I can get them in Kindle, right? You can get them all on Kindle. They're all available on my, uh, my website, which I'm, oh, yeah, Paul's, I'm guessing. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that yeah, in the description, right. but that is paulstutzman.com. Very easy. <laughs> it's very easy. Or hikingthrough.com. So oh yeah, hikingthrough.com. We'll get you to all of them, yeah. So yeah. what was your first book you wrote? The Hiking Through was the first one. And okay. the Hike and the Bike and One are on audio too. The others are not yet. Uh, those two owned by uh, Baker Publishing. The rest are all self-published. I have myself. I uh, should put them on audio, but um, again, it's not my talent. So I need to find somebody that could actually do that. That might be a good job for you. Put books maybe. On maybe. I, well, I thought I would like listening. I don't, I don't. My wife, she likes to listen to the Bible, everything. She doesn't read. She just listens. Yeah. 
I can't do it. I can listen to podcasts, but I don't know. I, I'd yeah. rather read the book. Yeah, there's people get paid a lot of money to do it. The the person that did hiking and biking is a very supposedly a very talented professional speaker. And I listened to part of a chapter and I said, "Oh, that's not me." And I never listened to it again. <laughs> so, but, but people do, so you know. It, it is amazing, you know. I, it's it, people will stop me and say, "Hey, you know, people I'd never thought would be like, hey, I, I enjoy listening to podcasts." I'm like, really. That's that's cool. Yeah. And have you ever had someone come up to you and say, "Hey, Paul, man, I know I'm assuming around here, but maybe outside of this area, who have like, hey, oh, I read this, I read your book, I loved it, it like, and it, you know, obviously it's probably happened, but like, yeah. how's that? How's that make you feel? You know what? It was uh, I told somebody when I, I I've done uh, programs on on in California. I, uh, there's a company called Choice Books who has uh, five thousand book racks across America, and hiking and biking run those book racks. And so I was flying into Fresno, California one day to do a couple of programs. And I got off the airplane, walked on the concourse, and here are these stores and, and um, parodies and other stores in the concourses had my books out there. And I just looked at them and said, wow. <laughs> this Amish guy from Ohio has got books out there in the airports. Thinking. And there was one other time so when, awesome. I, when I flew out to, I think it was Oregon, and there was a guy waiting at the, in the concourse with a sign with my name on it. I said, I have a, you know, it's just like, all <laughs> That's I, awesome. I, I do not feel I have I don't feel at all like I am more locally people don't care yeah, <laughs> they yeah, don't yeah. care this yeah. is Paul's husband and they I came out with hiking through did a book signing in Berlin and they said if Paul can do that so can I so <laughs> there's a lot of people writing books now because I <laughs> they think I can do it anyway so uh, so real quick before before we wrap it up, so you, when you when you get these speaking engagements and you're traveling around, like how do, how does that work? Are you, is it just people who have read your book and they're like, oh, you know, and they reach out yeah. to you and go, hey, Paul, you know, w w I would love for you to come speak about your book or you know, speak uh, at our their conference or whatever it is. Right. Is that just is that basically how it goes? Well, in the past, um, and I I started and again when I talk to people about that, that have written a book, I want to talk. I tell them, go out, nursing homes, Boy Scouts, any social clubs. Uh, and that's how I started. I started out doing Boy Scouts and Lions Clubs and, uh, and nursing homes. Didn't charge. And then eventually I started charging 150 and then 300 and now $500 uh, is what I charge typically. And I'm going to Florida this weekend. I've got a church program. I go where I'm asked. And if it's a church that asks me, I don't charge them. Gotcha. Most churches have speaker's fee or they take an offering or whatever. Yeah. And so, but I feel wherever I'm asked to go, I'll try and make every effort to get there because I feel there's somebody there that wants to hear from me. And I just got a call yesterday from North Carolina and, and there's a military base there in Jacksonville. And it's a church that has a lot of military people in it. And the guy said, I read your book, gave it to my pastor and your message is going to resonate with these soldiers. Well, I will be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. And so uh, it's, uh, I go, I just feel if I'm asked to go somewhere, there's somebody there that God wants me to make that connection. And I've gotten on the hiking itself, that book, I've gotten over 2,000 emails from people whose lives have been changed. I could literally write a book on stories of what's happened with, with the hiking book. Dang. And uh, the other's not quite as much. But uh, I, uh, and a lot of places where I, and, and they'll pay my expenses, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and just to be able to travel and do that. Now, during COVID, it wasn't so much. But it's you didn't do any virtual Zoom speaking. No, not. But but interesting during COVID, I did a number of Amish groups because, like I said earlier, they we had COVID in Amish country and then we moved on with our life. <laughs> so I love, the world, I love the it. The world is catching up with Amish community. 
<laughs> awesome, man. Well, like I said, obviously, I feel like there's plenty more to, you know, to share. Maybe, you know, if you're willing, we can have you back and we can, you know, maybe focus in on a, a book or on your next book. Um, and then we can kind of dive in and, and, and do that type of thing. And oh, I'd love that. I'd, I'd love to come and do a, and read you what the, the on living is going to have sh- shorter chapters. And so I've gotten, I think I've got like 20 some chapters written and there's shorter chapters. So I'd love to come back and read one or two to you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll have to do that, man. I appreciate you stopping by. This has been great for me. You know, like I said, I use this show to learn a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so <laughs> it was great having you here, Josh. Thank you. Um, I appreciate everyone who tuned in and, uh, man, this is, uh, like I said, we're going to have his website in the description and, um, he's, you know, if you didn't, you know, get to catch this whole episode, uh, he has pretty much a, a big, uh, like a long biography of, you know, his life and what his, what his, what he's done and what he's been through and the adversity he's faced. So I would encourage you to go to the website and check that out as well. And, uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe, like, and, uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Peace.